All right, evening everybody. Welcome. Okay. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Wait one second. We have uh, a bunch of sponsors this week and this month. So Torah this month. A Shvat is uh, sponsored by Arjoni Moshe Palik, Lilinishmas Shimon Ben Moshe, Lilinishmas Tzvi Ben Mordechai, and Lilinishmas Shira Ruchama Basar of Alter Nasanata. Um, as well as we have an anonymous sponsor in uh, thanks to, uh, to Hashem and also for a Zivuk for Daniela Hanabas Sarah. Libby and uh, everyone else who's looking for uh, for Zivog, as well as for the safety of our soldiers and hostages. Um, and we have sponsors for this week by Avram and Maria Deutsch, Leonishmas Sarabas Moshe Vechaya, um, by Dalia Orlev in honor of Dalia's uh, 50th Ali anniversary, in gratitude for all of Hashem's uh, bracha for her, her family, and Am Yisrael here in Eretz Yisrael, and by Esther and Shalom Parnas, Leonishmas Penina Basi Soel Rivka, um, and uh, Yaakov Yisrael Ben Yisachar. Um, okay, um, so tonight we're going to start Tehillim Kuf Yurches. Tehillim Kuf Yurches is a very long parak of Tehillim, actually. Very long. Uh, Tehillim Kuf Yurches is a longer parak of Tehillim than I thought we would be able to cover in our normal uh, shir. And so um, I'm going to chop up Tehillim Kuf Yurches, again, using the the divisions that we're familiar with from our Hallel. So uh, uh, we, we're continuing in our Hallel, so we're up to. Last week we learned Tehillim Kuf Yudzayin, which was only two psukim, right? That's Tehillim Kuf Yudzayin. And then that brings the Tehillim Kuf now, Tilim Kuf Yudches, like I said, is much longer than the four psukim that I have for us on our page tonight. But from what we're familiar with with Hallel, this section is like its own section. Does that make sense? And then Minametzar continues, but Minametzar is actually part of Tilim Kuf Yudches. It's still the same parak of Tehillim. So we'll get up to that. Uh, we'll get up to that next week, and we'll see Minametzar is in of itself a long paragraph, and we'll see how we'll divide that. Um, we'll see how to divide that up. But tonight we're going to learn four psukim, and we're going to learn a little bit differently tonight than we uh, than we have in the past. So I apologize for that. Um, uh, in the past. We usually just go one pasuk by one pasuk, um, um, but uh, tonight we're gonna sort of uh, learn them all, learn them all together. Hopefully, it'll all work out. Hopefully, it'll all work out. So, Tilim Kuf Yeches, let's read it, and uh, we'll summarize like we usually do. Again, at least the, the first four psukim of Tilim Kuf Yeches. And so, David Melech writes, "Hodul Adonai Kitov Kili Olam Chasto," right? Uh, say a thanks to God. For he is good and for his kindness is uh, forever. Is Yomar na Yisrael kili olam chasto? The Jewish people uh, should say that God's kindness is forever. Yomru na beis Aharon kili olam chasto. The sons of Aaron should say that God's kindness is forever. And Yomru na Yirei Adonai kili olam chasto. And those who fear God should say that his kindness is is for forever. Now, the first thing I just want to point out is that this grouping of peoples is now already is it's a pattern that we've seen throughout the prakim of Hallel. We started a few prakim earlier when we said um, um, Yisrael that's what it is Yisrael bitach badonai ezramu maginam hu and then Beis Aaron bitchu badonai ezramu maginam hu and then Yirei Adonai bitchu badonai ezramu maginam hu you see the same three groupings of people right here we have Yisrael Beis Aaron and Yirei Hashem it's the same and then we had it a second time in the paragraph after that in Tehillim where David HaMelech said um, Hashem Zechrani Yivarech Yivarech es Beit Yisrael and then Yivarech et Beit Aaron, and then Yivarech 
Yirei Adonai, right? And so it's the same three groupings of people. And so what we have, if we just look at it all together, is the first time we have it is Yisrael Betach Bashem Ezram Ginam, Ubeis Aram Betchub Bashem Ezram Ginam, Yirei Hashem Betchub Bashem Ezram Ginam. These three groupings of people, they put their trust and their faith in God because God is their help and their um, uh, um, their their magain, their 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 help. That's like an offensive tool, remember? And magain is their defensive tool. God is both their defense and their and their and their offense, right? Um, and so that's the first the first time we had it. These groupings. They they put their their trust and their faith in God um, to assist, defend, as well as to uh, to to help them. And then the second time we had it was um, that God gives them blessing. And we learned back then that it could be that commensurate to the amount of bitachon, right? The amount of bitachon that you give to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Hakadosh Baruch Hu responds and He gives you bracha. First comes the bitachon that we put in Hashem, and then following that is the bracha that Hashem gives to us. And then that brings us to our psukim tonight, which is the third time that we have the very same three grouping, the groupings of people. And what is it that happens in our parak of Tehillim tonight? Kuf Yerches is we receive the bracha of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and how do we respond to receiving that bracha? We give thanks. We give thanks to 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 Hashem. So it's not surprising to us necessarily that. We find the same three groupings of uh, of people um, in this in this cycle. We put our trust and faith in God. God responds um, by giving us blessing. We respond by thanking God for the blessing that we have, and the cycle continues. And that's uh, that's if we if we take a step back, you know, and look at the the development that we've seen throughout the Parak of Tehillim, we see these same three groupings of people in that exact uh, in that exact cycle. Now I put here in the small uh, writing. Sorry, I, I minimized the font, but only because it's the third time that we're seeing it all um, together, right? Exactly who are these three groupings of people? So there's Machlokas and the Rishonim that we've already seen now a few times. Who are these three groupings of people? So again, if you look at uh, at Ibn Ezra, right? Uh, Ibn Ezra says in the middle of the first line, base Aaron, right? Yisrael, Kedosha, So Yisrael, Ibn Ezra believes, are the masses of Jews. Base Aaron are those who are more elevated than the masses of Jews. And then who are, the you know, the, the, the elite, if you will. And then the Kedosha, the Kedoshim, the holy ones of the of the Jewish people. And then who are the Yirei Hashem? Hashem am va'am. The Yirei Hashem are not Jewish, according to the Ibn Ezra. Right? The, the Yirei Hashem, those who fear God, they're in every nation in the world. I mean, some of them are Jewish, right? You know, but some of them are also not Jewish. And so according to Ibn Ezra, there's three categories of people. There's Yisrael, all of the masses, because all of the Jews put their trust and faith in God in one form or another, according to Ibn Ezra's understanding, the masses of Jews. But then you have an elevated you know, segment of the Jewish people who are called in this scenario the base Aharon. It doesn't literally mean the descendants of Aaron. It's not only the Kohanim. It's just representative, according to Ibn Ezra, of the Jews who are more sanctified and David Amelech would have chosen base Aaron to be the analogy for Jews who are more sanctified because the Kohanim keep higher levels of Kedusha and Tara than the rest of the Jewish people throughout their entire lives. And so, so that's just the analogy. So you have base Israel, right? You have all of, all of the Jews. You have base Aaron, who are the sanctified ones amongst the Jewish people. And then you also have the Yirei Hashem, right? Who are the, those God-fearing people in the entire world. And they all live by the same cycle. According to Ibn Ezra, they put their trust and faith in God. God gives them blessing. They thank God and the cycle re, the cycle repeats. That's that's according to Ibn Ezra's understanding. The Radak had a different understanding. You look in the Radak, Radak writes, Yirei Hashem, 
Chachamim Shemisbodidim Beves Hashem Lomod. Misaskim Bechachmaladas Hashem. Radak thinks that this third category of people, the Yerei Hashem, while the Ibn Ezra thought it was anybody who fears God, Jews, non Jews, the Radak thinks it's people who study Torah. And so according to the Radak, we have three groupings of people. We have the masses of Jews. We have the base Aaron, who are literally, according to the Radak, the Kohanim, because they served in the Beit HaMikdash, they were involved in the Avodah, and then, and then we have the Yerei Hashem, who are those who study Torah. And those study Torah. So, uh, so again, the three groupings according to according to the Radak. Rashi says, "Who are the Yirei Hashem?" Rashi says, "Elo Hagerim, converts." So Rashi says. So according to Rashi, you also have three groupings of people. You have the base Israel, which is the the masses of the Jews. You have the base Aharon, again, literally the Kohanim. Or maybe you like Ibn Ezra's Rashi could go along with that as well, right? People who are uh, more sanctified, you know, uh, uh, maybe they study Torah like the Radak, and the Rashi doesn't uh, doesn't clarify. But then you have this third category, the Yirei Hashem, who are the Gerim, right? Which actually makes sense according to Rashi. And again, we've spoken about this as a review for us, but people who chose and decided this is the path that I want to take, right? And that's why uh, David Melech would call them specifically Yirei Hashem, those who fear God because they've chosen to live this uh, this path by uh, by choice. Well, I guess we all choose to live this path by by choice, right? You know. Uh, but uh, but it's a little bit different, right? Uh, from people who come from the outside, it's supposed to be people who come from the from the inside. Rabbi, Rabbi um, uh, no, no, it's not. It is um, Malbim. It is Malbim. Yeah, I'm positive of it. Malbim has this very very lovely um, interpretation in um in it's it's in Tehillim. We haven't done this yet. Maybe one day we'll do this section of the Kabbalah Shabbat. You know the Tehillim that we say on uh, on Friday night. So uh, maybe maybe after maybe after we finish the Halal, maybe we'll we'll scooch over there. I'm not sure. I don't know. But um but um but how does David Melech say it? He says um. That he will be our God and we will be his flock. And it could be like that today if we choose to follow God's voice, meaning God is ready for us. He's waiting for us, right? And he can be our God and we can be his flock. And it could be like that today. All we have to do is choose to, to follow his, to follow his, his voice and his, his commands. Two or not two? Well, then we are. So then we're already there, right? Then, then we're already there. So that would be in this group of Yirei Hashem, according to, I think, uh, the way that I'm understanding um, Rashi, right? That would be in this group of, of Yirei Hashem. And then we had the Malbim, and the Malbim uh, taught us, um, again, that... Uh, that oh well you saw batach b'ashem agamsha lokin b'ashem okay fine fine base aron in the second line of the mab the malbim sorry umefurish shakol she yagdil abitachon umalaz aboteach kain yigdal haizer vahagana so again uh, again this is review but this is the malbim's theory based on uh, on the ramam that a person's level of hashkacha apratis is commensurate with the the amount um, that they invite the amount that you invite God into your life. Right, um, God will respond and be in your life, and uh, the amount that you uh, disinvite—can you disinvite God from being in your life? Um, God will stay out of it. Uh, that is the—that's the Malbim's understanding. It's also the Rambam's understanding, although they understand it differently. Meaning, the mechanism by which I invite God and by which I disinvite God is different for the Malbim and the Rambam, but the construct is the same: that I can invite God into my life, or I can ignore God. And to the, the more I invite God into my life, the more God will be in my life, and the more I, I ignore God. Um, then the the less God will be in my life. Now God will still be in my life because He set up the rules of nature through which we we live, and so God is always a part of our lives. But um, the question is whether it's more active, what we call hashkacha pratis, or whether it's more passive, what we call hashkacha klalis. And that's what the Malbim thinks is going on here. That you have these groupings of people, base Israel, base Aaron, and Yirei Hashem, right? Who uh, who who increase their 
um, um, invitation to God into their lives. And as you increase, um, uh, God is more involved in your life, which gives you more bracha in the second parak of, of, of this cycle. And then you give more thanks in the third parak, but we'll get up to that in a little bit when we get up to the Malbim in our parak of, uh, of Tehillim. So far, so good. Is everybody with me? Yeah? Okay, now the reason why I said are we, that... Are we saying that each level is getting higher and higher? I don't know. Uh, well, according to some people, yes, but not according to all. What I mean by that is, according to the Malbim, that's for sure correct. That the levels are getting higher. There's a, there's a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but there's an ascent, right? Um, in order from lowest to highest, from least to greatest. Um, trust in God. Blessing that God gives and thanks that they give. We'll see the thanks part tonight because that's our topic tonight. But the Malbin believes that it is that it is like that. Um, for Rashi and for Ibn Ezra, I, we, we, we don't need to say that in the third category for sure. Meaning Rashi who says that the third category of the Uriah Hashem are Geirim, are they better or are they worse than the, than the base Aaron? I don't know. And there's no reason for us to assume that they're one or the other. There actually is a big machlokis in the Gemara, whether, you know, uh, what the standing of Geirim is. But what I'm saying is, is both of those opinions would be able to read our Tehillim. We could say it's greater, we could say it's worse, we could say it's equal. And this parak in Tehillim is not going to be a proof um, in, that, in that regard. But it seems like if the idea is how much trust you have in Hashem, then any person can be in any one of these groups. Yes. That's according to the one that said that's actually based on is actually the Kohan. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, I mean, also, Gerim, I'm saying, like, you know, like somebody who's born into the Jews you cannot can, be a Gerim. You can be whatever level you're Bitochon. Yes. I, I believe that that is correct. I believe that that, that is correct. I, I, I think that that's true. I think that's true. Okay, good. Very, very excellent. All right, so we'll get to we'll get to specifically the Malbim in a, in a little bit. But the reason why I said that we'll be learning the Tilim a little bit differently is because usually we go pasuk by pasuk, and here we sort of have learned these pesukim already because it's now the third time that we've seen this exact cycle. Does everybody understand what I'm what I'm saying and what I and what I mean? We know who these people are. We understand the cycle now of of um, trust, faith. Um, um, a blessing and and thanks, and so that's the cycle. But there are some really really fascinating midrashim, which is um, most of what we're going to learn uh, tonight. And so if you look at the first midrash that we have here, it says midrash Tehillim over there, right? Um, uh, after the the first small paragraph, where the letters get larger again. So listen to this midrash: Davar Acher Kili Olam Chasto, that God's kindness is forever. What exactly is this like that God's kindness is forever? Now once upon a time there was a fellow in town. Who used to lend money to all of the other people of the town. And the people used to say, This guy is a good guy. We should remember him for good, for positive things. He's a good dude. Because when we needed money in the winter, he would lend us money in the winter. And we would pay him back, what, 3% interest, you know, uh, in the... In the um, in the summer, I just made up the three percent part. It says three slime. They used to pay him. That's a it's a weight of uh, of silver. You know that they used to they used to pay him. But he used to pay three percent interest. Three percent would be a good rate today. A few years ago, not so much, but today, very solid. Three three percent. You know, um, and so uh, they used to pay him three percent uh, interest. Another guy he showed up to town. He said, you know what? 
I'll give you guys 1% interest. This guy was giving 3% and everybody was singing all of his praise and was like, oh, this guy's lending 3%. Some other guy shows up and he's like, ah, I'll give you 1%. So you know what happened? Everybody left the first guy. They all went to the second guy. They all borrowed money from the second guy. They stopped singing praise of the first guy and they started singing praise of the second guy. Here's this guy. He only charges us 1% interest. This guy is amazing. He takes care of us when we need money. He only charges 1% interest. And then another guy I came to town and he said, no, I'm going to interest-free loans. They're going to give out interest-free loans. Anybody needs money, you come to me, I'm going to give you interest-free loans. So then obviously what happened? Everybody started singing praise of this guy. Why did everybody start singing praise of this guy? Because this guy giving interest-free. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's free money, right? Now, you know, um, <laughs> whatever. Money was very cheap for a very, very long time, right? You know, okay, fine. Not so much anymore. But this guy's giving out free money. Similarly, God, he, he gives us all free. He gives everybody everything. And you can't pay him back. What are you going to give God? 1% interest? 2% interest? 3% interest? What is what he mean? It's chinam. It's free. That's why we sing praise of God. Because God is giving us everything. Right? I was just talking to, to David Rich. I, was, well, I don't know if you guys know him, whatever. He dives here in Shul upstairs. Um, and uh, I, was walking, uh, I was walking home with him on uh, Friday afternoon, I think. I think it was after Mincha. Uh, no, on, on Shabbos afternoon, sorry. It was after Mincha on Shabbos. We were walking down the, down the hill. And, uh, and I said to him, I was like, so David, you know, how you doing? You know, it's like a regular question you would ask somebody. How, how are you doing? You know, whatever. And he said, thank God I'm upright walking down the hill. Everything else is bonus. I was like, all right, that's good bonus, you know? He said, listen, this is what he said to me. He said, listen, air is what you need most of. It's totally free. Water is what you need next, and it's not so expensive, you know? Thank God we got a lot more than that. That's what he said to me. I said, okay, fine, amazing. Well, you have a great Shabbos. You know, I was pretty much, you know, uh, getting close to my stop, you know, where I was going to diverge paths. And so, okay, fine. It's amazing and great. And okay, fine. I'm very happy that he had such a great attitude. And me, Tain, we should all have such a good attitude, right? You know, uh, but uh, but that's what the Medrash is saying. He's saying, What does that mean? It means that God gives us good. And, and he's, well, in this Midrash, we'll see more in a second. But in this Midrash, you're not paying back. Are you not paying back? I'm saying, like, what are we paying back? I pay for what? I pay for my era. You know, I what, what, you know? So, uh, so God's giving good. And according to this Midrash, we'll see another one in a second. But according to this Midrash, Chinam, it's free. You know, when Moshe Rabbeinu davens to Kodesh Baruch in the beginning of Parshas Veschanan, Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to get into Eretz Yisrael. So uh, Rashi says over there that the language of Eschanan, that form of tefillah of Eschanan, is to ask God for matnas chinam, is to ask God for a free gift. Rashi says there's different modes of tefillah, there's different modes of, of prayer. And one of the modes of prayer is to ask God for a free gift. It's asking God, he's saying, God, listen, I'm not saying I deserve this. I'm not, you know, just, I, I'm asking for chesed. I'm asking for, for kindness, which is why, how does this paragraph go? Hodul Adonai Kitov ki liolam 
Chasto. It's got kindness that, that is forever because it's chinam. That's the point here of this midrash. It's kindness. It's, it's free. God's giving it out. He's uh, giving us what we have and according to this uh, midrashic line, right, he's not asking us to, to pay back with any kind of interest or, or anything like that. It's God's matnas chinam. Now the truth is that God's matnas chinam is really the, the biggest, uh, there's a midrash, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but that God's matnas, I think, if I remember correctly, this is how it goes. Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to the heavens when he's going up to get uh, the Torah, you know, by Kabbalah Satora, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to the heavens and he sees all of these different, you know, uh, storehouses of uh, reward that God has. There's a storehouse that God has reward for this mitzvah and a storehouse that God has reward for this mitzvah and a storehouse that God has reward for that mitzvah. All of the different mitzvot that we can do and the reward that God gives for the people who do all of those mitzvot. And then Moshe sees this big storehouse and it's bigger than all of the other storehouses. It's the biggest one that Moshe's seen. He doesn't see anything like it by any of the other mitzvot. And Moshe says to God, he's like, God, what is that one? huge storehouse with all of that reward what is that and god says no no that's the storehouse of free gifts that's the storehouse that i give out not for reward for somebody who does mitzvot or whatever whatever it's the storehouse of free gifts somebody comes and they ask for my kindness they ask for free gifts that's that huge storehouse over there and it makes sense that it should be that way because the reward that we get for mitzvot is commensurate to the mitzvah that we do and the way that we do the mitzvah how we perform the mitzvah and the storehouse of god's free gifts well it's God's free gifts. It should be endless. And that's what we say, ki liolam chasto. God's kindness is, is forever. It's, it's leolam. And so, hodul adonai kitov, ki liolam chasto. According to this midrash, we're giving thanks to HaKadosh Baruch because his kindness is forever because he gives us free gifts for, for, for all time. Now, in contradistinction to this, uh, to this understanding, um, if, if you look in the, um, in the Chidah, which is right underneath, the Yosef Tehilos, the Chidah writes that this parak of Tehillim is actually talking about a specific kindness, not just God's free gifts, like we saw Chinam in the first, uh, in the first Midrash, but look at this Chidah. Efshar, it's possible to suggest, Hodul Adonai Kitov, Shemikabel Yachid B'Teshuvah. You know what we're thanking God for? Hodul Hashem Kitov. <coughs> Sorry. We, uh... Maybe that's all. Okay. We thank God because He's good. What does it mean that He's good? Shemikabel yachid b'teshuvah. That He accepts our teshuvah. Ki liolam chasto. Forever is God's kindness. Shebazeh mitkayem olam. Because God gave us teshuvah, and because He accepts our teshuvah, ki liolam chasto. That's why His kindness is enduring and it's forever. Because if God would not accept our teshuvah, then... His kindness would not be forever because we would not be forever. The whole world would have ceased to exist. I don't even know when. And it's because God gives us teshuvah, hodul adonai kitov, give thanks to God because he's good. What does that mean? Because he's good. That he gave us teshuvah and that we can do teshuvah, which results in kili olam chasto, which results in the continuation of the world and the enduring of God's kindness. And it's not only an individual that can do teshuvah, but the tzibor, the collective, can do teshuvah also, which is why Yomar na Yisrael kili olam chasto. That it's it's the 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 masses, the 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 groups, the communities that can say that God's kindness is enduring. Rabim, and why would I have thought that there's a difference between an individual and the masses? If an individual can do teshuvah, so then can't the masses do teshuvah too? Agam de mefarsem chataihu. 
Because when you do a sin in public, it creates greater Chilol Hashem. And I might have thought that creating greater Chilol Hashem, doing a sin in public and in the masses, should not allow for God's acceptance of the Teshuvah, and yet it does. And so you have a move from an individual, singular, saying praise and thanks of God because God allows us and gives us the opportunity to do Teshuvah, to have second chances, third chances, fifth chances, I don't know how many chances, right? But to, to fix our ways, to continue and to improve. And then you move to the Rabbim, to the plural, Yomar na Yisrael, Kili Olam Chasto, that the, the masses can say uh, thanks and uh, to God because he allows the masses to do Teshuvah as well. It's interesting, it was interesting to me that according to the Midrash, this is all talking about God just kindness in general, but according to the Chida, it's talking about one specific kindness, which is the kindness of accepting of uh of, of Teshuvah. Yeah, very, very interesting. At least I thought um, the Chida was, was interesting. Okay, good. Let's, let's, look at the, let's look at the next Midrash. Yep. So the Midrash says, Hodul Hashem Kitov, Zehu Sha'amar Akasav, Va'amarta Bayom Hahu Odecha Hashem. It's supposed to be in Yishaya. On that day, you will sing praise and thanks to God. Ainli Yisrael Masha Yishalmu Lakarish Baruchu, Ela Hoda'a Bilvad. See, this is a little bit different than the first Midrash. The first Midrash said that God does kindness for us and we don't pay back, right? It was chinam. It's free. This Midrash says, no, no, no. You do pay back. How do you pay back? With thanks. We pay with thanks. That is the payment. The payment is the thank you. You know what this is almost like? It's almost like you ever do something for like your kids, right? And you don't expect them to pay you right? But you do expect them to say thank you, yeah? And if they don't say thank you, then you get upset. You question, why did I do that for you in the first place, right? Now, you're not expecting them to pay you back for it, but you are expecting thanks. That's what the Midrash says. The Midrash says, I say thanks to God because his kindness is forever. And because God is constantly giving kindness, therefore... I constantly have to say thanks to God. That's that's how it works. The the not like the first midrash. The first midrash said God's giving free interest-free loans, right? Free. This midrash is saying, no, nah, not quite, not quite. How do I pay? I pay with thanks. I'm going to read it again because the language is very. If you look at the end of the first line, we have nothing to pay God with, Ella, except with Hodaya Bilvad. Except with our thanks. For all of the goodness that God does for us. It's like the Ramban at the end of Parsha's bow, right? This Ramban we've learned already in, in the past together. Um, the Ramban says that that what God wants from us is He wants us to acknowledge and thank Him. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to acknowledge that He that He exists, that He gives us what we have, and thank Him for all that he that he does for, for us. That's what the Ramban says that God wants from us. And that's exactly what the Midrash is saying over here. It's not exactly the same language, but it's the same construct, the same idea. That the way we pay God, you don't have to love it. It's okay, I'll give you more. Right? You don't have, we don't have, the way that we pay God is with uh, is with our thanks. Yeah, go ahead, question. So so, so really, you know, Hashem really does not need anything from us and certainly doesn't need our gratitude or thanks or praise or any of that. So in other words, it might be the fact that in order to tell us that we have to be grateful 
There's two different ways of understanding. One is like you're saying, right? That it's for us. God doesn't need us. It's like, you know, I, I like to say it like this. This is like my own line. This is not a real thing. But you remember when you learned in grade school, there's a law of conservation of mass and a law of conservation of matter, right? That you, you can't, you know, matter is not um, created nor destroyed. It, it, is there, everyone knows what I'm talking about? You can't, what, what no? Uh, no? Okay, fine. No, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. There's there's also like the law of conservation of God, right? Which means that there is nothing that you can do that can add to God or can subtract from God. It's not a possibility, right? And and so if that's true, what we just said, right? So then, then what you are suggesting is certainly one possibility, right? And that is that it's all for me. It's all for me. I have to develop into the kind of person that behaves in a certain way and gratitude is significant, it's important. And so I have to do it so that I will perfect myself and become the best version of me that I can be and that's what it's all about. That's, that is one possibility. There is another possibility. And, and this other possibility you actually find in a number of different places. Uh, you find it in Nefesh um, for sure. Um, uh, and that is that I, I can add to God. That what I said before is wrong. There, there, there is no such rule in this world. What do, what do I mean by that? Or what did he mean by that? Um, the way that he says it is that, is that there's God and God is like outside the system of this world. God created this world, right? And everything in this world is linked and is connected to God, but it is not apparent and obvious that everything in this world is linked and connected to God. So while in reality, yeah, of course I cannot add to God. That's not, that's totally impossible. But in human perception, I can add to God. There are people who don't see God in, in, in the whole world. And even and even there are people who do see God in some places, but don't see God in other places. And so it might be possible that I can add to God. How can I add to God in people's perception of God? Exactly correct. Exactly correct. Which that's exactly what I mean to say, right? Which means that it might not only be for me. It might be for God. What does that mean for God? How could I possibly do something for God? Because I can add godly awareness in this world. I can I can add to others' um, awareness of God, and to the extent that I can spread God's name and spread um, awareness of God in this world, I have added to God, can I say it like that? Or at least I've added to the perception of God in this uh, in this world, might be a better way to say it. What was that? In the sense of godly awareness. Bringing the world to a specific level? Of godly awareness, correct. Yes. Yes, we could explain that concept like that. That's yeah, We could explain that concept like that. In the way that Rav Chaim explains it, Nefesh Chaim, he explains that the concept of, of, uh, of brachot, like when I say Baruch Atah Hashem, what is this? What kind of concept is that? What does that even mean? I'm giving blessing to God, like God needs my blessing. What does that mean? That's the way Rav Chaim explains it. It means that I am trying to add godly awareness to this world, right? That God should be blessed in the sense that 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 people should be cognizant and aware that this blessing that I'm holding in my hand right now, right, came to me from from God, and in that way I can spread perception of godliness throughout the world to the extent that I have reach I can uh, I can spread it in that uh, in that way and in that regard I can I can add to at least the perception of uh, of God 
um, in this uh, in in this world. So that's that's a possibility as well, um, and and that 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 would fit very nicely with this midrash that we're learning right here. And that is that I can pay God. I, I can I can pay God. How can I pay God by giving Him thanks? Because when I give Him thanks, I acknowledge His presence and um, and involvement in me receiving the blessing that I received, and to the extent that I can affect others and and even myself. I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. I'm saying myself and others, right? You know, uh, in seeing and recognizing God in, in our world, that is payment. That is payment. That I'm giving back to, to God. Um, I pay God with my with my thanks. It's a very, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm saying like, uh, uh, I appreciate the kind of concept. I'm saying like when I was when I was learning it, you know, for me, it, it, it spoke to me a little bit. You know, to find the blessing that we have and to give thanks and and to realize that in, in giving thanks, I give acknowledgement and credit to to God and as a parent, you know, I know what that feels like, <laughs> you know, and uh, and it's appreciated, you know. And I say again, God doesn't feel the same way that we do, but it's the same kind of construct, at least um, according to this uh, according to this this midrash. Okay, let's go down to the next one, the Mitsudos that you have down there on the on the bottom of the page, right? So the Mitsudos writes, Yomar uh, na. So uh, the Mitsudos says, Ata beis hageula Yomar Yisrael behodos l'Hashem asher liolam chasdo. This is interesting. When I read this Mitsudos, it like shifted my um, my my consciousness in terms of this parak of Tehillim, because the Mitsudos says that this parak of Tehillim is a parak of Tehillim for geula, meaning it's a parak of Tehillim that we will say bishas hageula. At the time of the geula, we will say hodul adonai kitov. Now, when I read this Mitsudos, what I thought, and I don't know if this is what he means or not, I don't know, but what I what I thought when I read this Mitsudos is that in the time of the Geula, I will be able to say, that his kindness was forever. And the way that I understood when I read this Mitsudos is that maybe until the Geula is difficult to say that. Meaning, what I mean to say is, maybe at any given moment in life, it's difficult for me to say, that God's kindness is forever. Like, you know, as I'm standing here right now and I'm in the middle of whatever difficulty I'm in the middle of, it might be very difficult for me to say, right? Let me give thanks to God because God's kindness is, is forever. It's always God's kindness. There's people like that in the world, by the way, yeah? There's people, as, I don't know, you ever, um, you know, who's very like this? It's, um, uh, you ever read Rabbi Arush? Um, uh, he has a book on Amuna uh, called The Garden of Amuna. Um, that, that's the translation by Rabbi Brody, but, uh, but Rabbi Arush is the, is the author of the original volume. And his worldview is that everything in the world is always good. There's, there's nothing that's ever bad. And if you think something is bad, that is a lack, that shows a lack in your Amuna. Because if everything comes from God, everything must be good. Because God is good and God always does what's best. So, if this doesn't seem good, trust me, it's the best. And if it's the best, it's got to be good. This, this, I hope I'm making sense coming out of my mouth, right? And so, and so if you think something is bad, that means that you don't believe in God enough. Because if you believed in God enough, you would realize that this has to be good, right? And so you, if you're ever upset, this is Mamash, he goes this far. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. If you are ever upset in life, that is an indication that you lack emuna. And what you should do if you ever feel upset is remind yourself that God runs the world and everything comes from God and this must be the best possible thing and now I'm not going to be upset anymore because, uh, because this is the best possible thing. Yeah? There's people who might believe that and then that's a fine way to live if it works for you. You know? If that, if that works for you, that's a fine, that's a fine, way, to, that's a fine way to live. Um, 
If that doesn't work for you, right, and I have a hard time with it, I struggle with it, because what it means is, and, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm about to say something like, you know, but, but, but it's true what I'm about to say. It's, I'm not like being disingenuous, right? What it means is that you're supposed to be happy at a shiva house. I can't do that. It doesn't work for me. It might work for Rabbi Arush, right, and for, for his followers. It means that you're sitting at a shiva house, and, and I don't actually know that they're happy at shiva houses. You know, if he went to a shiva house, I don't know that he'd actually be joyous. But in theory, you know, if we're following his, his, his way of living, right, he should say, you know, like, this was absolutely the best thing that should have happened. This person, you know, was, was supposed to pass away now, and, you know, and, and, and you know, that's, uh, that's what God sent us, and, and we should be happy. This is what was supposed to happen, right? You can't be upset, though. Right? So that's what I think. That's what I think. That's what I think. In other words, the way that the way that I think, right, is that I do think that everything comes to us from God, and I also think that everything is for the best. I just don't think that I'm supposed to always know how everything is for the best. And because I don't always know how everything is for the best, it is okay for me to be upset right now. In fact, I think it is appropriate sometimes for, for me to be upset. Whatever it is that's, that's happening, I think, this is me, okay, fine, I think. It is appropriate for me to be upset even though that I know it comes from God, which means what I'm really thinking is, God, I know this comes from you. I don't understand how this is all going to work out. Please help me. Right, but I'm not like happy and joyous. I, I I can't take that for me. I have a hard time taking that next step. I'm stuck over here. I don't think I'm stuck. I'm not stuck. I, I see the world differently. Right? Let's say uh, you know Rabbi Soloveitchik in a number of his writings. Right? Rabbi Soloveitchik thinks that we cannot pretend that evil is not real. Evil is real. There are things in the world that are evil. Right? It's not. It's not good. It's not the uh, you know uh, you know happiness. It's no. There's evil in the world. There's there's it's a real thing. There's bad in the world. It's, it's what it is. Okay, so it's a different way of seeing the world. It's a, not everything in the world is amazing, right? You know, uh, there's things in the world that are bad. There's things in the world that are uh, that are that are evil. Okay, what I'm trying to get at is like this: the Mitsudo says that when can I say kilio lamchasto? When can I say that God's kindness is forever? That God's kindness always was. It always is. That's a geula tefila. That's a geula tefila. When I get to the end and I can take a step back and I can see the the whole picture and I see how we got from A to Z. Z, then I can say, I'm giving thanks to God because his kindness was there the whole time. Right now, today, I don't know. It's very difficult to feel it to say right now. Today, as I sit here, you know, right now, maybe, you know, it might be a difficult to feel it to say. But in the time of the redemption, that's when you say this tefillah. That's what the Mitsuro says. This is a tefillah at the time of the Geula to say kili olam chasto, that God's kindness was forever. Question? Last, uh, this past Shabbos, Shabbos Shira. Yeah. The Jews were able, to, were sing. able to sing. That's correct. That's correct. Right. Would they have sang that same tefillah, this is what I'm saying, would they have sang that same tefillah, you know, a, a year earlier? Right? So I'm, I'm saying probably not. Right? 
That's how I understood this Mitsudos. I don't know if he really meant that. All he says is, Atta be'isa ge'ula. Now at the time of the ge'ula, they can say, that God's kindness was, was forever. And what, what I thought when I learned that Mitsudos is that this is what he's saying, that it's the time, the time of the ge'ula, that's when you can say this kind of tefillah. Don't No, listen, hopefully we'll, we'll see the ge'ula soon. And we'll sing this tefillah. We'll sing together. We'll be able to look back. We'll be able to see the whole story. And we'll be able to sing this kind of uh, this kind of this kind of tefillah. Okay, good. Now, Is thank religion you. Religion life always happy. Where's the where's the room for tefillah? Don't we cry out to Hashem and and daven for something? It's a great question. It's yeah. a great question. Um, I I don't know if this is what Rabbi Arush would say. What I'm about to say, right? But not all tefillah has to be what we would call like tsaka. Right, you know, a screaming and crying. There's tefillah, which is hoda'a, and that's also a form of tefillah. In in fact, yeah, there is both. That's true, um, and it could be that if I'm feeling tsaaka, then that shows a lack, a dearth, in my emuna. It's a lower form of tefillah, and through my tefillah of tsaaka, I can bring myself to greater levels of emuna and elevate myself to the point where I'm saying different kinds of tefillah, of hoda'ah. I don't know if he would say that. I just said that in defense. I don't know if that's what he would really would really say. But just from like logic and reasoning, I, I think that's where we would get. Now, by the way, um, there is Rabbi Pinkus in the Sharon Bat Tefillah has a very amazing piece about um, hoda'ah, about thanks in tefillah. Because thanks is just as an effective form of tefillah as bakasha, and so sometimes you know, like we 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 say tefillah with real, real intent in difficult times in bakasha. Rabbi Pinkus writes in the Sharon Bat Tefillah is that if when times are good we can try to muster that same kind of emotion to say thank you, then we might be able to ward off some of the bad stuff. You know that we we won't need to get there because you know our thanks is such a strong form of tefillah that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu will continue to give us brachot. But if we're lax in our thanks and and we don't adequately give thanks, then we risk you know coming back around to need to tzaka and bakasha in order to elevate us back to to thanks. So you know that's also. Um, also, uh, that also could be part of it. Good. We're up to this midrash on the bottom. The midrash writes, "Yomar na Yisrael kili elam chasdo." Ain't no, this is ain't no emin ha adam lomar alatzmo shehu tov. You ever meet people like that? They're always telling you how great they are. You know, right? It's not, it's not becoming. You know, for somebody to tell you how amazing they are. Ela im yi bo. What is proper is for people to give each other compliments, right? So you'll say to somebody else that they did something good and nice, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And so who, who is there to give, you know, compliments to God? Who is going to, to you know, uh, give testimony for all of the goodness and the kindness that God does and did and, and will do, right? You know, lakach yom... Well, the answer is sorry, Yisrael. Lakach Yomar na Yisrael, Kili Olam Chasto. Right? So so therefore we have an obligation 
to give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to describe the goodness and the kindness that God uh, that God does. It's like the Jews, they ask God, God, who can praise you? Who will praise you? Who's going to give thanks to God? God says, well, why don't you do it? Go ahead. Right? The, the kindness that I did for you, you can say praise and thanks. And the kindness that I did for you was not for a day, it was not for a year, it was forever. Shenemar, like Yaakov Avinu says, Katonti I've been made small. All of the kindness that you did, and how much kindness did God do for you? There's no end. There's no end to the kindness that God does for us. That's what Yaakov says, that God was looking out for me from, from the day that I was born until uh, until today. Or alternatively, we can understand, why did I do all of this kindness? In in because they believed in me. And then what did I give them in the midbar? Turn the page over. You see the cycle that the Midrash is describing here? Every time we put our trust and faith in God, God responds by giving us kindness. God remembers the kindness that we did to Him, that we trusted Him. We went out into the midbar. We followed Him. No water and no food. We followed. Every time we put trust in God, God responds by giving blessing to us. Have a Yomar na Yisrael. That's Yomar na Yisrael, Kili Yom So we sing thanks to God, God will respond by giving a blessing and kindness. Thus, this is the cycle that we started with in the in the beginning. Look at the next Midrash. Davar another alternative possibility. Hodul Hashem Kitov Kili Yom Chasto. Mahu Kili Yom Chasto. What does this mean that God's kindness is forever? Eina Kadosh Baruch Hu Osa Chesed Em Yisrael Lo Leshana Velo Shnatayim Ella Adolam. God didn't do kindness for us for a year or for two years, forever. What does that mean? What does that mean? That God did kindness for us forever? It means that God gave us the Torah. When we say what does that mean? It means that God's Torah is forever. It means, according to this understanding in the Midrash, very different from everything that we've said so far, right? It means, give thanks to God because God is good. And what is the goodness that God did for us? Because God gave us His Torah and His Torah is forever. It means that God gave us a manual, an instruction book for how to live in the world. God didn't just plop us here and say, go figure it out for yourselves. God gave us a Torah, directions for, for how, to, how to manage any and all circumstances that will come up in life. It's a kindness that's not for a day, it's not for a, a month, it's not for a year, it's not for two years, it's not for one period in history and one period in time. It's a kindness that has stood with us for all time and will stand for with us until the end of time. So, according to this understanding in the Midrash, is thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the Torah. Because the Torah is the kindness that you gave us, which is ever enduring. A way to connect and link to God, to, to find direction and, uh, and, and purpose meaning in our lives, regardless of where and what we find ourselves in. That's this line in the, in the Midrash. Yeah, very, very interesting interpretation, different um, from what we've seen. So, so far we've seen three major groups. We've seen, uh, well, we've seen a few different things, but three major understandings, right? One is a, a general understanding. All of the goodness, all of the kindness that God does for us and different groups of people who are saying it. Maybe it's La Asid Lavo, the Geula, like the Mitsudo, but, but it's for all of the kindness that God that God does for us. We saw that Chida, that's about Teshuvah, right? I say, 
thanks God for giving me chances because because otherwise we wouldn't be here, right? So thanks God specifically for Teshuvah. And now we've seen a third one, right? Which is thanks God for the Torah, right? For the instructions, for the connection that we have to you, right? From the from the Torah that you've uh, that you've given us. Good. Let's see the next midrash. Dover Acher. Look at this. Isn't that so fascinating? I thought it was so fascinating. Who are the Yerei Hashem who are singing the praise of God? The Miyaldos Avrios. You remember those midwives in uh, in Parsha Shemos? Yeah? They feared God. That's what the Torah says. They feared God. And then what does God do for them? God gives them houses. Right? Specifically, if you like Rashi's interpretation over there from Chazal, he gives them Bate Kahuna, Bate Levia, Bate Malchus, which is why what happens next, according to the Midrash, is Yomruna Beis Aaron, right? Reference uh, to the to the bias, right? Specifically that uh, that they uh, that they that they got. But the, I, I really put this Midrash in for the next line. Yomarna Yisrael, that Yomarna is is a future tense word. Yomruna Beis Aaron, right? Yomarna Yisrael lo ba'olam hazeh bilvad ela af olam haba. Right, that uh, that we will continue to sing the praise of God, not just now, but even to the future, not just in Olam Azeh, but even in Olam Abba, we'll continue to sing the praise of uh, of of Akadosh Baruch Hu. Good. Um, uh, the the next midrash is a little bit interesting. Let's keep just keep rolling. Am I okay? Keep going. Yeah. Yomarna. Okay. Good. So Yomarna veisaron. We see there's a balabayis in owner of a of a house and an estate and fee fields and whatever and he's very nice with his sharecroppers you know sharecroppers guys they used to come they used to work the field they used to take a section of the produce you know whatever and this guy is very nice and he's not so exacting with the math you get this number of fruits whatever everybody gets paid you know it's like you know we bring in the fruits everybody gets paid when they collected the grain everybody gets grain and everybody gets grapes and whatever you bring in everybody gets paid but you know what we still don't know? We still don't know how the guy behaves at home. This is very interesting. I, when I read this Midrash, I was thinking, you have somebody who's very nice in business. You meet him at business. He's a nasty guy at home. You know, could you imagine such a thing? Such a thing is possible. You know, you meet somebody in one context. The guy's very, very nice. You meet him somewhere else, and all of a sudden, the guy's, you know, I used to say as a joke, but I was half serious. I'll say it even though it's recorded. I used to say that there was, when I used to work in like shuls, that was like, you know, for a long time, I used to say there's something about shul boards that like turns some otherwise totally nice people, right, into very, very strange, you know, as different, yeah, right, you know, like I, and I could never quite put my finger on it, you know, I have some suggestions, which I will not share out loud, for what it is that causes that, but like, you know, you meet somebody in life, you know, and whatever, and they're great, and they're, you know, whatever, and then you sit down at a, at a, at a board meeting, and it was like, who is this guy, you know, like, what, 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 what is going on here, right, and that's just an example, it could be, you know, in any different ways. They, my dad was president of the school for four years. He started yeah. called her for over yeah. 13 years. He was on the Federation, yeah. on the Jewish General Hospital board. Uh-huh. He, my mother was majorly involved in the movement. Every organization possible, they never had anything to do with shows. 
No, never shuls you can't. Okay, fine, fine. Right, it could have been anything, you know, whatever. But but that's the point the midrash is saying it. And and why is the midrash saying it? Because what the midrash is saying is that it goes like this. Are you ready? Yomarna Yisrael kiliolam chasto. That we sing praise of God, right? Yisrael. That's that's the masses. But then we say Yomarna Beit Aaron. Who is Beit Aaron? According to this midrash, is saying is actual Kohanim. And where do the Kohanim reside? They reside. Well, they had their own cities, but they come to the Beit Hamikdash. They serve in the Beit Hamikdash. What the midrash is saying is that it's not just that they sing praise of God out in the street, right? It's the Kohanim. Now, it's not like the Kohanim actually know God any better than anybody else. You, you can't know God. But what the Midrash is trying to say is that the progression, right, of Yisrael, Beis Aaron, and Yirei Hashem is trying to show that in different relationships, in all different places, everybody is singing the praise of God. It's not like this guy that we're talking about, that you meet him on the street and he's one way, and you meet him in business and he's a different way, and you meet him at home and he's a different way, and it's not it's not like that, right, with God. It's not like that with God. God is God. Is God. You sing praise of God everywhere and everybody sings the praise uh, sings the praise of God. That's what the Midrash is saying, right? The, the difference between Yisrael, Beis Aaron, and Yirei Hashem all singing the, the praise of uh, the praise of God. Let's go to the Malbim next. Now this Malbim already um, should be familiar to us because it is the 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 end of the cycle of Malbim that we've learned now already, right? That the more I trust in God, the more bracha that God gives me. And now what the Malbim is going to say, we'll learn it inside together, but now what the Malbim is going to say is that the more that God gives me, the more that I say his praise and thanks. Yes, it's it's a cycle and it all goes together. At least that's how it should be. Right? And that's what the Malbim writes here. So, Hodu mitzvah shekol goyim yodu l'ashem itzad tuvo v'chasto. The first thing the Malbim says is, I forgot about this part. The first thing the Malbim says is that there is a, a first sentence, right? We've been focusing on the three, right? Yisrael, Beis Aaron, and Yirei Hashem. But there's a first sentence. What's the first sentence? Is generic. Yeah, there's no grouping there. So the Malbim says, you know why there's no grouping there? Because it's everybody. It's everybody. It's the whole world. See, before we saw that Ibn Ezra, he said that the Yirei Hashem can be from any nation, but they're Yirei Hashem. Here the Malbim is saying, it's everybody. Everybody has to sing praise to God because God gives to everybody. And now, Yomar Yisrael, but we Jews, we have an obligation to say praise to God more. Why? Because She'imahem Asatovos Pratios Yoser. Because he did more specific kindness with us. We had more Ashkacha Pratis. We had more Ashkacha Pratis. That means we had more attention, if you will, or direct divine providence, we had more direct divine providence, we have to say thanks more. And the Kohanim, who received even a, a, a higher level of direct uh, providence from God, they have to sing more praise of God. And the people of Yirei Hashem came lefi rovatova shekibel hitchayad bahoda'a yisera. The more goodness that you get, the more you are obligated to say thanks. The more specific attention and blessing that you get, the more obligation you have to say thanks to God. So that's the end of the cycle, right? According to the Malbim, that, that, that's the cycle. We trust in God. The more we trust in God, the more blessing He gives us. The more blessing He gives us, the more I'm obligated to say thanks to God. The cycle, it, it completes. But what the Malbim just is, is closing the cycle for us, right? That I give the thanks to God, and that's how I, and that's how I move. Okay, the, the last thing that we'll learn tonight, we did amazing. The last thing we'll learn tonight is this uh, is this Alshech. And the Alshech says something, I'm not going to read this Alshech inside, but the but but the, the Alshech says something really, really interesting. The Alshech says, if you remember, we learned last week, according to one interpretation, that Hallelujah was said by Hananiah, Mishael, Va'azariah, and the angel Gavriel. You you remember that? 
Yeah, when they when they were saved during Golos uh, Golos Bavel, and um, what the Al Sheikh here writes, he says, if that's true, then I think the Al Sheikh says that this Hodu Hashem Kitov Kili Olam Chasto Yomarna Yisrael Kili Olam Chasto Yomarna Beis Aron Kili Olam Chasto Yomarna Yirei Hashem Kili Olam Chasto is actually a progression of singing thanks to God of Giula from the different Golios. So not just like Mitsudos, who said that it's a tie, the Shas of Geula, I say this, but specifically, Al-Sheikh says that each sentence is for a different Golos. How does it go? He says like this, Hodula Adonai Kitov Kilolam Chasto, continuation from last week's parak. Hanani Mishal Vazarya. They're singing about redemption from Golos Bavel. So they say, right, each one says, And then everybody together sings, Hodula Adonai Kitov Kilolam Chasto. Ma? 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 Nisharim Po? Nisharim Po? Okay, we say the ten hundred rak chamesh takot. Okay, right, good. As I was saying, right. So hodul adonai kitov kilam chasto sing praise and thanks to God, saving us from golos bavel. What happens next? Yomar na Yisrael kiliolam chasto. The Jewish people specifically sing praise and thanks to God. What did the Alshich says? This is from redemption from golos paras and madai. Paras and madai. That's Haman. That's that's Achashverosh. And the truth is, this is what the Al-Sheikh says, Paras and Madai weren't terrible to people. In fact, Paras and Madai allowed us to return back to Eretz Yisrael. Cyrus the Great, he allowed not only the Jews to return and rebuild our Beit HaMikdash, he let a lot of people return back to their deities and their, you know, uh, their people and, uh, and, uh, and you know, take um, some form of self-governance, you know, back for themselves. But... Things turn sour, specifically for the Jews. And that's why Paras and Madai, Yomarna Yisrael, Kili Olam Chasto. The Jewish people sing praise because God saved us from Paras and Madai. What comes next? Yomruna Beit Aharon, Kili Olam Chasto. Alshech says, this is praise, salvation from Yavan, from the Assyrian Greeks. Because who was it who fought against the Assyrian Greeks? The Maccabees. And they were Kohanim, which is why it's Yomruna Beit Aharon. The praise is specifically said by the Kohanim because they were the ones singing the praise and the salvation from, from Yavan. And then we'll get to Golos Edom, which is what we're in now, the last of the Golios. And who's going to sing that praise? Yomruna Yirei Adonai. And why is that true, the al says? Because it's Taloi B'Teshuvah. The people who will fear God, meaning those who will do Teshuvah and come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, will be those who will bring the Geula at the end of, of Diskalos. And that's why the al thinks that these four sentences of thanks are sentences of Geula, but not like the Mitsudos that we learned before. It's, it's specific, one sentence for each of the Geulot, that we experienced and will experience, and that's why the grouping changes. See, we've learned before that this grouping is the same grouping that we had the whole time. The Al-Sheikh doesn't think that. The Al-Sheikh thinks that this grouping is a grouping that is specific to the Golos and the Geula, which is under discussion in that specific specific sentence. What comes out to us from, uh, from all of this is um, the beginning 
of Tehillim Kufiyot Ches, our recitation of thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the cycle that we go through of putting our trust and faith in God, receiving blessing from God, and then giving thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our thanks that God gives us Teshuvah, our thanks that God gives us um, all of the gifts that we uh, that we have in life, our thanks, hopefully, that we're, or our trust, I should say, that we'll reach the Gu'ula, be able to look back and sing the thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the thanks that God gives us the Torah and gives us instruction and connection, you know, uh, throughout uh, throughout our lives and our tefillah, that just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved us from Golas Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved us from Golas Bavel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved us from Golas Yavan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should also save us from the Golas that we find ourselves in now, so that we'll be able to all sing together, we have four psukim, it's not a whole parak of Tehillim, but let's say the four psukim together in our tefillah, and then uh, we will uh, adjourn and pick up here next week. Everybody ready? Have a good night, everybody. Thank you very much.